So our scripture verse this morning is uh, Hebrews 4.12. Uh, it's for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. Penetrates even dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So we met as a, uh, as a church leadership team in March. And we had a, a couple of days of meetings and about, you know, what, what should we focus on this year? And one of the things we really wanted to focus on as a church was discipleship. You see, the, the purpose of the church and this, the mission of the United Methodist Church is to make disciples for Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Um, I follow the, the weekly Upper Room prayer devotional, and uh, there was a quote in the writings of that this week from a woman named Evelyn Underhill, and the quote was this, the church is in the world to save the world. It is a tool of God for that purpose, not a comfortable religious club. You see, it's not that the church is here and we all show up every week. This is not the church. We all together are the church. And we're here as a tool of God for the purpose of transforming the world around us the rest of the week. Now, we can cause that transformation when we're really following the teachings of Christ. We're connected and we're living his message. And we share that message with others, both through the words we speak and, and through our example of, of how we live. We do that by building habits and by working constantly to become better and better disciples. So as we talked about this mission, we realized that as a church, we encourage each other to become strong disciples, but we don't always talk about how to do that. And so in this sermon series, um, we're diving into the fundamentals of discipleship. And these are the core skills and habits we really need to grow in as Christians. So we began by putting together a maturity list. What are the things in our lives that we need to, to change and fix, the places where we need to grow up? And these are really pieces of our lives that we need to sacrifice and give up so that we can move closer to Christ. Um, you know, if you're trying to go somewhere, if you have a direction and if you have a vision, you need to know what the steps you need to take to get there. So for each of us, this maturity list is supposed to be that map of here's the next step you need to take to move closer in your walk with Christ. This past week, Charlie talked about prayer and he asked us to pray over that list and to ask God for help on those things. And, and he talked about picking one thing on that list at a time, really working on it, and just taking one step in your faith walk at a time. This week we're digging into Scripture. Um, I am not a noted biblical expert, so asking me to come and talk to you about Scripture, it feels a little about, about like maybe asking your dog to explain to you how chess works. <laughs> All right, first thing you need to know, don't eat the pieces. <laughs> but, um, you know, I... I as a Christian, I spend time in the Word, um, and uh, Charlie's fortunately left us some notes, so we'll dig in a bit. Um, you know, I think we can admit that as Christians, you know, we're people of the Word, and, and the Bible is the center of our faith, um, but we still have a lot of questions about it. You know, where does all this stuff come from? Is the Bible written by God, or is it inspired by God? What role does it play in our discipleship? You know, how do, we, how, how do we read Scripture? How do we use it in prayer? 
these are a lot of great questions, and we're going to walk through them this morning. So we're going to start with uh, just how is the Bible broken down? It's important to see um, just really what the pieces of the Bible are. Um, so it starts with the Old Testament, and the part of the Bible we call the Old Testament uh, to Jewish people is the Bible. So the Bible as we have it in the Old Testament is still uh, the, the Jewish Bible, the Hebrew Bible. It's the same. Theirs is a, ordered a little differently. Uh, they'll refer to it as the Tanakh. And I'm going to pronounce some Jewish words, and if you know how to pronounce them, I apologize. It's out of ignorance, not malice. Um, but the, uh, the first parts of the Bible really are oral traditions handed down from Abraham's people talking about how they came into being, their creation story. So these are things that were probably told around campfires for years about the formation of the world and the formation of the Jewish people um, before they were written down. Um, so from those descendants of Abraham, um, we have the, the history of, of their enslavement in Egypt, uh, their exodus from Egypt, and and the, the law is given by Moses. And this first five books of the Bible um, are what, what Jews call the Torah, which literally means the law. Um, and Christians will sometimes call it the Pentateuch, which is too big of a word, so don't worry about it. Um, so the first five chapters are the Torah or the law. Uh, from there we go into the historical books. And these are really what remember after the Exodus, the resettling of the Holy Land, we get a lot of the histories of the judges and kings of early Israel uh, and the eventual breakup of Israel into Israel and Judah uh, and the, the over, overtake of Israel by Babylon and the exile of the people and then their eventual return to Jerusalem. Um, and so those are the histories. We also have the books of wisdom. Um, and, and these are our wisdom and writings and poetry. So some of Solomon's writings, we have the Psalms and the Proverbs. And then finally, the, new, the Old Testament ends with the writings of the prophets. So prophets that came throughout Israel's history and, and gave messages to God from the people and, and foretold of things to come. So this Old Testament really gives us a context into the world that Jesus came into to preach into. And that's really helpful to understand the world around him. So Jesus is coming into this culture that has this history of oppression. So the people were enslaved. They came out of Egypt. That's part of their creation story. They eventually stepped away from God, fell apart, went to Babylon. And during their exile in Babylon, they really held on to their history and their cultural identity and were returned um, to the Holy Land and rebuilt the temple, reformed their culture, and now the Romans are coming in and, and they're, they're under Roman rule against their will. And then we have all these prophets, these prophetic writings that talk of a Messiah that's going to come and free them. Uh, this is the culture that Jesus is coming into, and we also hear from the New Testament that we have this this religious ruling class of, of priests in the Sanhedrin that based on the New Testament accounts really seem like they're more focused on carefully enforcing the details of the laws 
uh, of the Torah and less focused on following the commandment to love one another. Um, so this is, this is the world that Jesus is talking to. So that, that begins the New Testament. So in the New Testament, we have the Gospels, which tell us about Christ's time on earth. So these are the writings uh, probably written based on the, the speeches and the message that the, uh, the apostles were going around after Jesus' ascendance and, and communicating directly. So the apostles went around and shared the good news. People eventually said, well, we have to write this down so we can share it more widely with others. And, and that's where the Gospels come from. After the Gospels, we have the history of the early church in Acts. So the Gospel of Luke really tried to assemble all of this stuff down, and Luke and Acts were written together to be essentially one big story that covers the history of the early church. After that, the rest of the New Testament are letters written from, uh, from religious leaders to early startup churches, uh, giving them advice, helping them interpret scripture, and, and by extension, helping us then uh, understand what it means to be a Christian. So is the Bible written by God, or is it God-inspired? Charlie says that's a, a question he actually gets a lot. And uh, in his notes here, he pointed, uh, pointed out the book Understanding the Bible by Adam Hamilton, which really goes through the creation of the Bible, how we got the Bible we have now, uh, and talks about its different parts and, and why certain books are in the Bible versus certain books left out. It's, and I, I started reading it this week uh, after, after seeing his notes, and it's a fascinating book. So I, I would, uh, I'd recommend that if you want to dig into this deeper. But the shorter answer is, is no, God did not directly write the Bible. People wrote the books in the Bible. And that's actually really helpful to understand when you're reading to know who scholars think wrote what books and when. You know, some Bibles, like study Bibles, will have that information in there. Or if, if yours don't, you can usually look it up online. Um, but it gives you a picture in your mind of the place and the time that those words are speaking into. The other answer to this is yes, it is absolutely God-inspired. It's written by people just like you and me. But they're people that have been truly moved by God to share this message and written it down for us. And, and I do truly believe that people were influenced by God and Christ in these writings. Because it was written by people, though, it's the reason that you find some things that you know, may seem different or, or you know, things that may confuse us. Because if you think about it, this is a human being writing for other human beings and trying to interpret the will of God. You know? <laughs> that, that, that's a, a tremendous task. And so we'll, we'll see little differences. Like if you, if you read Genesis 1 and 2 about the creation story, it's told slightly different ways. You know, there are, are minor differences in the Gospels that, you know, as, as you read, you know, from the memories of these apostles, you know, what, what do they remember is different. And th there's been debate over the years about what writings should be in the Bible and what shouldn't. Um, and that's not just true of the New Testament. Um, one of the things Adam Hamilton points out is that during the time of Jesus, um, religious leaders were debating, well, should the Song of Solomon, should uh, the book of Esther be in, you know, in the Tanakh, in the Jewish Bible? 
Um, they were still trying to work that out. And there's a reason today, if you look at a Protestant Bible or a Catholic Bible or an Eastern Orthodox Bible, most of the material is the same, but there might be extra books included. Um, so this is really a collection of writings that have been inspired by God, written by people, and then there's been a careful process of discernment to decide what to include. So what role does this play in our discipleship? Well, the Bible is really the novel, or the, the knowledge end of it. If you're working on following Jesus, you really need to understand the teachings of Jesus. You need to walk through the New Testament personally so that you understand it and it speaks to you. So you can walk through it by yourself, you can walk through it in a small group with your spouse so you can discuss it and, uh, and, and really dig in. If we're going to be followers of Christ, we have to know what he taught. Not just because somebody stood up front or, or wrote an article and told us what they thought it meant, but I need to understand it because I've really spent time discovering it for myself. The amazing thing is that the Bible is a living, breathing document, and as you dig into your, your faith walk, the scriptures begin to change and speak to you personally. You get different meanings out of them. You know, I, um, I read The Lord of the Rings as a kid, and then I read it again later as an adult. And it's a good book. It was the same story both times. But the amazing thing is I can read the same, I can read a passage in the Bible and then read the same passage, you know, at a different time in my life or with a different thing on my mind or a different thing troubling my heart, and I get a different meaning, a different lesson out of it. In other words, the more you live like Jesus, the more these scriptures are going to mean to you and the more you're going to draw from them. Plus, as you, as you dig in and you read the scripture more and more, it starts to settle in your heart. It starts to find the little cracks in your life that, you know, it's going to help you live and understand the mind of Christ better. And there are really things that are provided that help you at whatever point you are in your life. There's answers, ideas, suggestions, tools and thoughts that you can use that play a huge role in how you begin to walk like Jesus. This is really a book we need to spend time in daily. And, you know, we as Christians start with the New Testament because that really is, is what Jesus is communicating to us. That's, that's our covenant with God, the new covenant. But as you dig into that and as you really understand it, Digging in the Old Testament gives you the history and the context and helps you understand so much more about what Jesus is saying in the New Testament by understanding the Old Testament. So if, if you want to read it daily, if you want to get through it in a year, you read about a chapter a day. Um, if you want to take that approach, there's daily reading Bibles that can help you get through it. Um, and really getting into the Bible is, is a vital part of your discipleship walk. This is, is where the message is and where, you know, where the center of the faith is. As you go through it, you know, if questions come up, things that challenge you, um, talk to Charlie. He's here to help. You know, Char Charlie wrote part of the sermon, and it, it said right here, talk to me. But you notice I didn't say that. I said talk to Charlie. <laughs> so how do we read Scripture? There's multiple ways you can do it. Um, I mean, first off, the obvious approach, and probably at some point we've all 
try this in our life is to, to read it like a novel. I flip open the front cover and I just read through. You can do that, um, but, and you're getting the story of the Bible, um, but, but you're not really focused on a, a part of it. So it's, it's probably worth doing. If, if you want to take that approach, um, I think it, an even better way than just reading through the Bible is uh, we did a study a couple years ago on a book called The Story by Max Lucado where Max takes out some of the duplication and puts it kind of into modern language so it really will read like a novel and it's a good survey to understand the Bible. Uh, but we're not trying to just read the Bible. The goal is to study the Bible. And really, if you're just reading through it without a focus or a reason or, or searching for understanding, you're, you're not really getting the deep truth uh, of the message. You know, there's lots of study guides available that will, will let you focus on a specific topic or a specific story and help you connect the different parts of the Bible together and incorporate them into your faith. Another thing we really do as we read the Bible is pray with it. So before you begin reading, pray for, for understanding that the Bible is going to speak to you the words you need to hear. And when you're done, you know, pray to God to let those words inspire you to live more like Jesus. Another thing we can do is, is journal and keep notes. So when I was studying math in school, I didn't just read the textbook cover to cover. I, I read the part that I was trying to focus on and trying to learn, and I would write down, you know, what are the pieces that really stick out to me? What are, what are the pieces I really feel are important and I need to remember? What, what am I not getting? You know, what are the questions I have? And and I wrote those down so that I could, I could review them and dig in deeper further. And you can do the exact same thing with Scripture so that as you're reading, you know, what are the parts that are challenging the way I live? What are the things that I'm confused by or don't understand? I'm going to write those down and dig into them further. To me, Jesus gave us the best study advice in studying with the Scripture. In Matthew 22, he's asked the question of what part of the Scripture is most important. And he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love others as much as you love yourself. And I find that if I'm confused or I'm unsure about what the Bible is trying to teach me in a piece of scripture, I can always find some way to tie it back to that. So it, the Bible's never going to tell me, you know, it's okay to, to not love God. It's okay to not love your neighbors. If I'm interpreting it that way, then I've got to understand, okay, what am I not seeing here? An example of those layers of meaning, when I was, I was reading through this, I went and looked up that verse, and, and the verse, you know, Jesus said, the most important commandment is, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and the second is like it, love thy neighbor as thyself, all the law and the prophets hang on this, and I always took that to mean he's just saying, really, everything depends on that, but if I remember those sections of the Old Testament, the law, the Torah, and the prophets are sections in the Old Testament. So really what he's saying to this, this legal person that asked him this question is everything in these sections ties back to that. Um, so I got another layer of meaning out of it that I, I hadn't known before, and that was really interesting. And, and really that, that love God and love neighbor, everything ties back to that, and that's why it's on our wall and uh, our mission as a church. There's really no wrong way to begin reading the Bible. But it helps to have a purpose because it brings the book alive and it will start meaning more to you personally. 
So how do we use Scripture to help us in prayer life? You know, Charlie mentioned it last week, but, you know, one good way is that I just need help starting to pray. Um, I can go to the book of Psalms. So Psalms, you can think of it as, as the, the hymnal of the ancient Israelites. Uh, this was the book of poetry, of songs. Um, you know, as a musician, I, I'm, I'm fascinated. I'd love to hear what the music actually was that went with some of these psalms. Um, but, you know, if you're having a tr- trouble starting, you know, starting yourself in prayer, I'm not sure where to pray. Each of the psalms is a prayer to God, and you can start there. Every single chapter is a prayer in itself. So that's an incredible way to start. So what does all this have to do with our, our list of maturity issues that we've written down? Well, last week, we were asked to begin praying over that list. And this week, the challenge is going to be to use this book for direction on how to make those changes in your life. So we have to remember that with prayer, we have a responsibility of repentance. You know, we're asking for God with help with things that we need to work on about ourselves. And we need to make the changes in our lives to the things that are taking us away from God. And that's where the Bible plays a role. Most Bibles, if you look in the back, will have an index that are, are broken down by topic. So if, if you're struggling with something, whether it's you know, addiction, depression, death, you, know, you can find all the scriptures that touch on those topics. And it, it's not just in the Bible, you can Google it because people have have done incredible work of connecting all of these things together in the Bible. Uh, and so you can go online and find people that have, have found all these things for you. I use Bible Gateway a lot, um, and they have things broken out by topic, and they'll have all the verses listed there. You can click them and get them in a page and read through them. And I encourage you not just to read the book, but understand, or not just to read the verse, but understand the chapter around it, and understand when it was written and for whom. So we get the, the context of what this author was trying to say to us um, and, and the situation they're writing into. The Bible is really an incredible tool for life. We can take away stress, worry, conflict, and find answers to things in its pages, but we just have to really dig in and make those connections daily uh, so that it becomes a part of us and a part of our experience. So the challenge this week is to start using your Bible daily to help with your list and keep praying with that list every day, but start using the book this week. Amen.